0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey. Lee happy
1: has become part of my morning prayers. I was a full-time nurse, just lifting up a patient.
0: I tracked the trailer, came up behind this, pushed this right through. Right off the bat, you just felt comfortable. I felt somebody had my back.
1: He says, I'm going to do everything that I can do for you. You guys are amazing.
2: I love you. <laughs> Call Pond hockey Giordano, highly rated Philadelphia workers' compensation attorneys.
3: Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHTHD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia, The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, presented by the Law Offices of Pond Lahaki Giordano. Doc, listen and speak to the region's most influential leaders.
2: This is the Labor Show with J Doc and Krause. And we're coming to you live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Labor Show with J Doc and Krause. Two live hours tonight, J Doc, including in our opening hour six to seven, uh, part of our Un- our labor union introduction as we do a tour uh, of a lot of the locals. Uh, we've got a great labor leader that's going to join us here uh, to kick off the show in hour number one.
1: Yeah, no, Joe Williams. Uh, we had the luxury of, of, of visiting uh, the local five about a year and a half ago, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, this this uh, show is going to feature Joe, and we're going to remind our people what, what the elevator constructors do and what they're all about, and uh, it's going to be a great show. Always love having Joe on uh, so much. Uh, we got a strike in the city, though, don't we? Um, didn't you mention Star- Starbucks? Uh?
2: Well, the, um, the employees at a Starbucks in Center City, Philadelphia, um, Walked off the job yesterday at the Starbucks, and if you go back to our show last week, last week, Lynn Fox with Lynn Fox, we had Lynn on, we had an employee on, uh, and we talked about uh, what is a fast-growing movement around the country.
1: No question about it, and, and it's great to see uh, a workforce so united. Okay, um, that it, it, I, what the uh, organizer said that he equated being an organizer. Uh, with workers united to being a member of motley crew okay yeah, yeah, i do
2: remember you that know be, right. be, be, because pretty yeah, cool analogy oh, at the very, time yeah, it was cool yeah, because cool. in the context of it it made sense right right because he said people treat them so good
1: they respect them this this is so, such a united uh movement and you know to demonstrate that this week uh there was a walkout, and hopefully everything gets back to normal soon. But solidarity is alive and well in Center City, Philadelphia.
2: When at The bottom of the hour uh, with all of this heat and the heavy temperatures, and how oppressive sometimes it can be during the uh, peak of the day. Uh, Friday, for example. Thursday, for uh, example. We're going to have an interesting conversation, uh, and st- uh, specifically with Nick uh, the Jesse with, with of OSHA. To, Jesse to talk uh, from OSHA to talk just about that. That very, that very category, that very um, idea of how heat um, and working in this heat uh, requires some incredible safety.
1: So then, and that's part two of the, of the first hour. So we got Joe Williams coming up, and of course we got Nick the Jesse, some good stuff. Uh, let me bring into the into the program the business manager of Elevator Constructors, Uncle Five. Uh, Joe, how are you, sir?
4: I'm good, Joe. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be well, on the show.
1: It's great to have you, and I gotta tell you, um, I know your wife thinks you're the most exciting thing in radio. You made that clear. <laughs> is, is, is that what you said, or I thought that's what you said because
4: uh, we, she was wondering why you were having me on. <laughs> you know what's
1: funny? You know what's funny about that, Joe? You should see what my wife says, right, Krause? She's like, I can't believe they listened to you for two hours. So listen, we're all in the same boat there. Uh, first of all, uh, great to have you back on the program. Um, one of the things when we were at the Union Hall, and I think about this all the time when we had you on the show the last time, was you mentioned, and we're going to get into to your workforce and, and everything, uh, but we are having Nick the Jesse on second part. He's a, a regional director at OSHA. And you would mention to us uh, on the broadcast, the elevator constructors, it's it's the second most uh, dangerous trade in the in, in, in the building trades, uh, statistically. is it, it, Am I remembering that right?
4: Yes, uh, it is very dangerous. We've done a lot of work in the last 10 years, and especially the last five years. And when you bring up Nick to Jesse, Nick was instrumental in getting together with our previous business manager, Ed Loomis, who went on to the International. Uh, Nick and Ed started the process after a fatality that we had had in Local 5, one of, one of our members got killed on a call fixing a dumbwaiter. Out of that, something good came, and we've now had something called an alliance with OSHA and the elevator industry. The, the employers, the union, even non-union and, and OSHA working for, towards a, an alliance and an agreement to set a new standard with OSHA for safety in the elevator business. And so
1: and 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 you know that and by the way I, we've known Nick for a long time and um, he's he's um, a man of integrity and 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 uh, you know that that so being an iron worker um, you know we we uh, often work together on, on the same jobs the elevator constructors and um, the work they do is just incredibly skilled number one and then number two Harry and so uh, if you would a little bit Joe you um, Remind our listeners a little bit about the scope of the work you guys do and, 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 uh, you know, the the skills that the the members have.
4: So our guys, the elevator constructor comes on to the job. Usually after the ironworkers have topped out, Uh, a lot of the building is, is already up and built. We come in, the elevator shafts are completed. It's an open shaft, and we come in and just install the elevator. Uh, it's a little bit of everything we do. The rails is, is similar to ironwork. Uh, we do sheet metal. I don't, I don't want all the other trades. You don't in want Gary, yeah, right? Right, everybody's job,
1: <laughs> right? But um, well, you know what? You but, know, when you said to me before, when you were talking about the, um, when you were talking about the dangers, it, and of course we know that. But it, I remember thinking about that, and I remember thinking, oh my God! You know, I've worked on you know above a lot of elevator constructor guys. And the iron workers that are left on the job, you know, we used to have a saying: if you drop something in the shaft, don't look over because that guy's looking up. And yeah. you know, and and but it is. I mean, amongst other things, um, but safety is such a big part of what you guys do. You guys also maintenance the the, the elevators that are uh, in the buildings that are that are active, correct?
4: That's a big part of our trade. Uh, actually, the the maintenance and service end keeps our keeps our local going when the construction slows down. You know, there's not always – it's not always busy like it is now in construction. And one thing that keeps our members working throughout uh, the ups and downs of the economy is the service and maintenance end of it. So it's it's a big
2: part of it. Joe Williams is our special guest here on our number one uh, of the Labor Show. Joe, uh, when you look around, when – When you drive into the city and you look around right now, um, you do see an unbelievable abundance of construction activity, and I wonder if you look at it differently when you see it than when I see it.
4: We just want to see the buildings going up. The higher they go, the more elevator work there is. We don't need one-story, two-story buildings usually have an elevator, but the higher they go, the more work for us.
1: You're not looking for a barbershop, shop, right?
2: Not no, that's what right. What we would no. call a two-story. Well, there's, a, uh, uh, but there's a lot of big buildings going up, right? No, there is. And yeah. I'll
1: tell you this right now: I, 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 I sleep well at night because I do some radio shows on Liberty One, and of course, Liberty Two. I worked on uh, Liberty Two to the top. Um, but the great job that 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 the elevator constructors do, local five, um, and I'm not. I mean, I. I I kind of, you know, we've all seen the bare bones of the building, and uh, particularly when your guys are are, are, uh, are active and putting it up and, 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 and maintenance it. And, and it, it is a comfort because um, it's such a skilled craft. Um, having said that, let's talk a little bit about our building trades. Um, you know, we, we have a very united and impactful building trades um, and very impactful in, 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 in the community, um, you know, Talk about that and, and where that comes from.
4: Well, like you said, Philadelphia's, the building trades are the strongest building trades in the country. We all believe that. We live that. Uh, we help each other out. Everybody kicks in when another trade has a fundraiser or a golf outing or a charity that they're working on. Every, everybody helps every every other local to keep their things moving along and, yeah, it's just like a family to me and knowing that i have the support of the other trades and the other managers just makes my job easier to perform
1: you know what i and i and i um sometimes when people you know if they don't understand the community they'll always talk about the union like we're all the same one it's so amazing when you think about the building trades and 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 we have some 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 great uh, public unions and governmental unions and and, and all that But i but it, when, when i say oft, often about members of the building trades. And I know it goes for your local as well. Um, And we're going to get into the apprentice school and all those things after the break. But um, the pride that our members have for their, and the brotherhood and the sisterhood that we have, um, you, you can tell a building trades union member often by the tattoo that they have, you know, the name of the local tattooed on their, on their shoulder. I mean, that's, that's a big part of what we do. And when we talk about union versus non-union, um, It's the difference, right, Joe, of having a career and a job.
4: It's definitely, that's definitely the difference. I really couldn't say it better, Joe. It's when you come into the union as an elevator constructor or any other trade, you're coming in to start a career and you'll have, it's a career where you can, you can work to build your future, take care of your family. You'll have health care. You'll build a pension up annuities and, and, when you finish your career and you can no longer work, you've got a pension to live on and live a comfortable life. It's not just a job where you're coming in and looking for the next job because this job's not good enough. You come into the very few people leave any of the building trades unions.
1: Absolutely. It's a career, not to mention the healthcare, the vacation uh, opportunities um, at at lifetime uh, brotherhood and sisterhood. And, what, by the we,
2: way, by the way, just to just to make sure the audience has clarity, this isn't a country club job. No, these, kidding. these are hard. <laughs> these are hard jobs that beat up the members when they're grinding on a daily well, well, basis. Well, well,
1: listen, year how, after how, year. How about a day like today? Hundred, hundred degrees, and in the shaft it's a hundred okay? and twenty. Okay, and 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 that and that. Uh, you know that the, the job gets done uh and it, it's such a big deal and it's it's uh it's what it's it's the difference between uh you know union and non-union but also uh at the same time the building trades in the city of Philadelphia um and I totally agree with you Joe the fact and the fact of the matter is is that um it, you know you have the opportunity to, to 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 be a part of something that is uh, is something that you'll have for the rest of your life, and that and that includes your brothers and sisters. And let's not forget representation. By the way, business managers like Joe Williams, um, who who represent their members incredibly well. Okay, a lot of these issues that you hear on jobs, you know, and 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 you know that 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 people go through in regular workplaces, we have representation, we have collective bargaining, and those things. And that's the difference. That's a huge difference, including the benefits in the health care, okay, in um, you know, uh, being a union, in a union like Local 5.
4: Well, I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, because we just signed a five-year contract with, with the International Union of Elevator Constructors and our employers. I was on the negotiating committee. Um, our trade is a lot smaller than some of the other trades, it's a, it's a specialized trade where we don't have a huge membership. We have 700 members in Philadelphia and 32,000 members across the United States and Canada. And this past uh, winter, we sat down for three weeks and negotiated a new contract with the employers that is getting our members a 3.5% raise each year for the next five years um, in Philadelphia and Local 5. That means a $14.50 raise for a mechanic over the next five years in their pay. And our health care is going up, the annuity is going to go up, and our pension is going to go up. So it was, it was a good was a good experience for me to be part of the negotiating committee. And, you know, we're set for five more years with a great contract that's, Really, a fair contract for our membership and our employers.
1: Absolutely. Well, congratulations on that, Joe. I mean, that's 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 Thank certainly you. the big deal, and it's like you just mentioned, and I think that's important: the members and the employers. It's a win-win situation, and because without our employers, obviously, we don't have our jobs. And by the way, that's a great labor leader there, taught you know, uh, you know, talking about a win-win. So.
2: Joe Williams, our special guest here on hour number one of The Labor Show. We'll take a short commercial break. We'll continue our conversation on the other side. Back in a moment.
0: Tonight's edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by IBEW Local 98 North, UFCW Local 1776, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, and the International Union of Painters and Allied Trades, DC21. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk. I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-Labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart.
2: And back here live on hour number one of the Labor Show as we broadcast on this Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We're, of course, live here tonight right up until 8 o'clock. Hour number two will get started at 7. Following our visit with Joe Williams, Nick DeJesse will be with us. He'll join us at 6.34 uh, this evening. And one programming reminder, tomorrow night, 6 p.m., it's the Labor and Energy Show with J-Doc and Krause, be sure to check in if you're making your way back home from the Jersey Shore. We will be uh, Sunday night at 6 p.m., J-Doc, with the Labor and Energy a- absolutely.
1: Show. And, and I'm ecstatic to have Joe Williams, who's the business manager of Elrida Constructors Local 5. Joe, one of the things that uh, we like to talk about it, uh, that, that is a, a big proud point of all of our labor unions, our, our building trade unions, is our apprentice programs. Uh, it, it really is a lifeblood of what we do, and I know you guys invest a lot in it and educate your members like there's no tomorrow. It's why you have such a skilled workforce. Talk about it.
4: Well, what we said a little bit earlier in the conversation that one of the huge differences between union and non-union, and we we believe this in Local Five and the elevator constructors, is training and education. Our training and our education. Is what separates us from the non-union sector. We take the time to train our, our apprentices. It's a four-year apprenticeship, uh, eight thousand hours. It's certified. Uh, we have a training center right now up in Northeast Philly, and we're in the process of converting our union hall into a training center. Uh, we, we've run a, we've had a catering business, and it's been a great partnership with with P P Caterers, but. We feel like right now at this time we need to concentrate even more and and build up our training so we're we're going to start construction on converting the hall in 2023 into a training center where we'll have a an escalator uh two elevators to work on with a welding center uh, where we can certify our welders um we can work on Safety and scaffolding training and forklift training, you name it, everything we need to do our craft, we're going to train our guys on. And and that separates us. And that that's a huge piece of our contract negotiations. You know, everything is tied together. That's how we're able to sit down with the employer and negotiate a good pay raise and a good pay rate for our members because of the training and the amount of money that we put into training.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, and let me say this. And one of the great things, two couple things. Who pays for the, who pays for the school, Joe? I mean, is it, does the government pay for it, or does the, no, the union? pay No, the,
4: for the it? government doesn't pay anything for our training. That all comes out of our benefits package. Uh, the member, the union, and the employer pay for for education and training.
2: Exactly, Joe. Joe when an apprentice begins, what is the number one? priority or the number one instruction that they receive when they start the process safety they go through a safety
4: program uh we get them osha tent trained because the the trade is so dangerous we don't expect them to really know anything about how could they know anything about installing or working on an elevator so our number one focus with a brand new hire into the apprenticeship is safety. Just keep your eyes open, ask questions, and do what your mechanic tells you to do.
1: You know, you know what's amazing about that, Joe. Um, as an iron worker, and I know um, as a, an elevator constructor, you're always in hairy situations. Okay, and and. Um, uh, understanding, you know, and one of the things that listeners should know, under, knowing all your knots, okay. There's a million, you know, being aware of of your equipment, being aware of what's above you, um, and why why you're doing your skilled trade. It's 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 a, it's a vital part of, and that safety, that component never stops. Correct, Joe.
4: It never does, and the, and the techno- the business is always changing. The technology is always changing. So the the safety factor changes. I mean, one one thing we talk about, and maybe Nick can talk about this too, OSHA has the focus for the four hazards that are the biggest killers in the construction industry, falls, electrocution, caught between, and crushed by. Our trade, every part of our trade, you deal with all four of those hazards every day, no matter what part of the trade you're working in. And we we talk to the to the new apprentices and seasoned mechanics, you know, twenty thirty year experienced mechanics. We have to talk about all of those hazards to them.
2: Yeah, and 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 having said that, and Joe, I would say this real quick, j Doc and Joe, you can validate this uh, to be accurate. Even twenty five years later, in the craft. You sh- when you when you're on a job site and you show up, you're snapped in by necessity. Well, there I, is literally I, no margin for error, I, I, even for the veteran. Is that right, Joe? What, what, what? Yeah, Joe. Yes, that.
4: That, that's a hundred percent right. And we, we worry sometimes that the new guy has never seen stuff. His eyes are open. Right. It's it's brand new to them we worry a lot about the, the mechanic that's experienced and seasoned and been around for 25 30 years getting complacent in what they're doing and we we stress to them you can never take a shortcut for when you're talking about safety every day on the job you need to be in tune and ready to go and and aware of what your surroundings are or or it could cost you your life
1: and you know we we used to have a saying and I know we still do as ironworkers um one hand for yourself one hand for the company one hand for yourself um and listen you come in you, you know you, you, you know you get lackadaisical for a minute and that's when it happens uh but that's a, a point well made Joe by the way this this Joe thing on this show right now Joe Krause <laughs> Joe Doctor uh, you, you, you're you talking to me Krause and I'm like I thought you're, you're talking to Joe Williams I think you're looking at me having said Joe before we go one of the things that I, I, I love about the elevator constructors, and you mentioned Ed Loomis, and I know you're it, the Lift the Vet program, okay, giving, giving back to the community is a huge part of what you guys do, and uh, talk, talk about that, man, because it's, it's the things that people don't know about unions, and this is really special.
4: So... We have a uh, charity in local five that's called a Lift for a Vet, and it was started by Ed Loomis and Mike Walsh, two members of local five. Um, what we we do is we install stair lifts, wheelchair lifts, uh, home home lifts, home elevators for any veteran of any war that that needs a, a lift to be able to get up and down the steps inside or outside of their house, and. I don't know. I guess it's been probably 10 years we've had this this charity in effect. I can tell you that uh, last year, our members, it's all volunteer. It's all free of charge to the veteran. They don't pay a dime for it, and our members volunteer their time. Last year, we installed 54 lifts in homes of veterans around the country because we focus on the Philadelphia tri-state area. But we send lifts out to all parts of the country, to other locals, where they might have a veteran in need. They'll call us, and we send them. We should have a lift shipped out to them. Um, and we don't just help veterans. Sometimes anybody else that needs some help, we've helped a lot of different people uh, that you know needed a way to get up and down the steps. And you can't imagine... The joy in somebody's face when we put that lift in, that stair lift or that wheelchair lift, they can now get out of the house and move on with their life. It, it's life-changing. And the great thing about it is we get to use our skills as union tradesmen to help other people. I mean, it really couldn't be a better setup. And actually, our fundraiser, COVID messed everything up. We used to do the boxing event but, uh, every, and a golf outing to raise money. I don't know when we're going to get the boxing event going again, but uh, coming up the end of August we have a, a golf outing to raise money for Lift for a Vet down at View Golf Course in, outside of Atlantic City. And I can tell you that every local in the Philadelphia Building Trades has sent in sponsorships, and a lot of the other trades will be golfing with us to raise money for this great cause.
1: And you know what's amazing about it? The uh, Of course, Joe and I broadcast uh, broadcasted live at the at the, uh, the boxing events, and there's such an incredible uh, spectacle. Uh, and what's great is, you know, all the trades get together. Everybody supports this. Uh, but one of the things I remember Ed Loomis said, and I, I think you'll remember too, Joe Krause, um, is that he – remember one time we had him on the show when he was talking about the program, and he said his biggest fear was not having enough funds for one of the vets. The, the, the elevator constructors donate their time, okay, but the actual materials and all they raise money for. And he said that with such an emotional, um, you know, it was so emotional. I thought to myself, I mean, and I know, uh, of course, Joe Williams feels the same way. Um, it's, it's a tradition. It means a lot to everyone. Am I right, Joe?
4: Yes. it's it, Our local, we're very proud of it. Our whole union across the country is extremely proud of it because, because like I said, a lot of other locals around the country have, have helped out and put lifts in in their area. And yes, we are that is our biggest fear that we're, we're there's such a demand. There's so many veterans in need and trapped in their house or trapped on the first floor and yeah. they don't know what they're going to do and we so far thank God we've we've been able to, and we've never really said no to anybody. We find a way to get it done and you know with the help of of all the trades and and especially our members volunteering their time to, to go out and put these lifts in, we're, we're able to to, to to say yes to everybody.
1: And and, and let me say this, Joe. We, we, we obviously, you know, that's one of the uh, the, the the most uh, important and really uh, one of the most pride based. Uh, one of the
2: reasons I fell in love with local five. Yeah, that's I mean, right. When you, it's not only changing the life of the individual. It's changing the life of everyone that is part of oh that individual. It's a passion for the members circle. of circle right it's, it's just mind-boggling, it's unbelievable. Joe, Joe Williams, I, I, I love you guys for that. Keep doing it. You know I'm a huge supporter uh, of of veterans, and every time I hear the story, every time it's referenced, I really appreciate it, man well done. Well, thank you guys.
4: Um, oh, it, it's my it, pleasure, and we we all take great pride in the Lift for a Vet program. It's a great program,
1: and, and just so you know, we just got a call from the Tonight Show. You were so fantastic. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> they're firing Jimmy Fallon at Joe Williams' business manager. A local five is taking over. I wonder what your wife thinks about that, Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome job, I'll Joe, man. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll send the podcast. You can listen to it. Later. Hey, buddy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks keep up, to keep, keep tell up Nick the great to work. Jesse
4: I said hello.
2: Will do, my friend. All right, good stuff Thanks from Joe guys, Williams. Have a good night. You, you too, it. man. Joe Williams kicking us off here on The Labor Show. We'll get to a break on the other side. Nick to Jesse, back in a moment.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. This edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Laborers District Council, Steam Fitters Local 420, and the International Union of Operating Engineers Local 542.
2: And back here live on a Saturday night with J-Doc and Krause as we broadcast to you uh, live here, our number one of the two-hour live show, and a really, really good uh, conversation uh, with Joe Williams, J-Doc. And I almost feel as like right. you planned the uh, our next guest following Joe Williams, or let me say it this way, you scheduled both Joe and Nick knowing that there was a lot of synergy or I got just, lucky? you got lucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. A, B, or C, you I, choose. You, what? I'll take lucky
1: any day to week. Absolutely. How do you like that? First of all, I'm ecstatic to bring in, you know. OSHA is a big part of, of, of the safety standards um, on our jobs across the city and across the country. Um, they do a fantastic job, and, and nobody better than Nick DeJesse, the Assistant Regional Administrator uh, for Cooperative and State Programs for OSHA. Uh, ecstatic to have him back on the program. Nick, how are you, sir?
2: Do we have Nick DeJesse? Uh, we made his call, sounds like his call just dropped, J Duck. Uh, so let's just pause for a second, we'll Live get radio in, Joe. Yeah, you know, we'll get Nick back on. But but talk about that while we just fill some time until we get uh-huh. him on. First thing out of the box I wanted to ask Nick is about those four hazards, and I found it interesting where Joe Williams from Local Five, his men check all four of those hazard boxes and right. that's caught
1: super- between uh you know obviously the, the 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 false standards um you know the uh, pinch and i think that there was there was another one do we have nick the jesse on the show
2: <laughs> let's bring him in nick welcome in to uh, the labor show how are you sir
1: joe kraus i'm doing well joe doc how are you buddy we're good, and you know, I just introduced you, made this big build up, and you hung up on me right in the middle.
2: <laughs> and, and Nick, let me at least let let me tell you this too: in between the break, leading into the uh, into returning from break to introduce you onto the show, I decided. I said, you know what, Jay Duck? Let me let you handle the introduction.
1: And and of course, Nick, obviously didn't agree with. And of course, and, and, Alba, and, and of course me,
2: right? I'll never let him do that again. Yeah,
1: Sound of a gun. Nick, listen. By the way, I don't know if you got a chance to to listen to the first uh, half hour of the show, but we had Joe Williams on uh, of the elevator constructors, and he was incredibly complimentary of you. Uh, t- obviously, he was talking about the the four main areas, uh, you know, of of, of danger danger: uh, fall, pinch, crush, and there was one more. Um, and electrical, electrical, yep. right? That was the <laughs> test, by the way. I see, Nick's a smart dude. Um, but have, <laughs> having said that, um, you know, uh, he was very complimentary to you because they have such a dangerous trade. And um, when he found out, he said to give you your best because you do such a great job. Um, let's, let's, let's
2: talk about. Uh, let's what, talk about those four real quick. I mean, well, uh, Nick, Nick, talk about that. Those four hazards, as Joe referenced, are part of daily life uh, for people in the trades.
3: No, absolutely, Krause. And, you know, first of all, Joe Williams is uh, one of my favorite folks out there when it comes to Local 5. Him, Eddie Loomis, Jack Cook uh, have been, you know, stakeholders, partners, friends for many years. Unfortunately, we came across one another due to a fatality uh, probably around 10 or so years ago. Uh, Eddie Loomis actually, I know from the 90s, that's how long back we go from him when I was still an inspector. But uh, with Joe Williams, uh, you know, we started to forge a relationship after the fatality. Uh, the agency actually has a, an alliance with the elevator constructors and a bunch of other stakeholders within the elevator industry that are specifically focusing on what the focus four hazards are or the fatal four hazards that they're also referred to, which are falls struck by, caught between, uh, or electrical issues. And, yeah, absolutely daily life, whether they're doing new construction, whether they're doing modernization, or whether they're doing service and/or repair, those four hazards are constantly surrounding them and obviously – involved with the, the process of work that they're doing there within yeah. the elevator world. But as Krause said, it's also what is around all of our other construction folks um, that are on the job. So you could take the the iron workers. What do they do, Joe? You know, they build steel like Legos. They go up, you know, they're going to, they're going to be exposed to falls. They're going to be exposed to being struck by things or caught between. Uh, there's a the potential once the electricians get in there and start running wires, that there's, you know, temporary wiring. And there's something that could be obviously you know in the sense of electrical type of hazard, so it runs the entire site if you think about
1: it without power, we're not doing too much of the site as well, so yeah, I mean, and no question i mean and and he was talking about how big a well, Joe, you asked him. Uh, what the first thing they were taught in apprentice school was, and, and the first thing he said was safety. And uh, so th- there was so much a synergy there, and you could see here his appreciation for you and what you do and what you've done. He did mention that fatality, and so um, – and obviously – uh, that in, in in the trade especially iron workers elevator control, any one of our trades uh, that's a, you mm-hmm. know that's such a painful situation you never forget it but they also don't forget where they got help and it was great it's great what you do and so having said that um you you have a, a you know a couple uh, you know issues you want to talk about um, and and you're I remember Nick sent me we were talking about the agenda for the show and I said i call I called Nick and he and, and I, I talked about, you know, we're going to talk about heat. And, and I said, do we have enough here? He said, I just talked for two hours on one of them topics. <laughs> and, and so if you would, let's heat, uh, obviously, we're going we're emphasis, to put emphasis on your national program, what it means, uh, what employers and employees need to do, and how to understand not only temperature but also workload on employees. Hit it, Nick. What are you thinking? Sure.
3: So, you know, every year we actually, unfortunately, experience hundreds of workers that die from becoming ill from working either hot or humid conditions so this uh osha's heat illness campaign does something in the sense of saying hey we want to educate employers and we want to educate workers on the dangers of working in the heat and it could not be any more timely if you think about it, Joe, in the sense of what we've been going through for this past week Uh, especially with the extreme temperatures we've been going through and then obviously tomorrow when we're going to get up over 105 with the heat not only the air temperature but also the humidity so these are things to, you know, as you think about them, you step back and say, hey, uh, I try to do it in a very easy way. When I walk outside and it's 60 degrees out, you know, it feels quite brisk, it feels quite cool, and it feels like I can walk forever. Mm-hmm. When you raise the temperature up into the 90s and or the heat index over 100, I'm really not walking forever. I can feel it once I walk outside, you feel that oven hit you, you start to perspire quickly, and the amount of walking you do is limited to say the least. Uh, and that's a quick comparison. But if you think about the the folks that are in the trades, you think about the uh, the construction workers that are out there, you know they're doing much more heavy type work. They're doing much more lifting. They're doing much more in the sense of using a hammer, swinging a piece of equipment, or swinging a tool, things of that nature. So the effect on them tends to be obviously a lot greater than me just walking down the street. And these are some of the aspects that actually have to be taken into account by employers. When they talk about, hey, how am I going to protect the workforce? How am I going to protect my work group uh, when it comes to what they do and how they do it? So for us, at least, you know, we we push a heat illness prevention plan out to everyone. Um, And luckily for us as well, we've updated the website, our OSHA.gov and backslash heat website to where there's step-by-step templates so employers can utilize and actually put into play with their employees so they can protect them from the hazard, obviously, of heat and of heat illness. And then... Um, the ill effects that come up with that. So we talk first about planning and supervision, you know, create the plan, and then creating the plan, we're really looking for employers to educate the workforce on the signs and symptoms of heat illness, whether that be heat exhaustion or obviously whether that be heat stroke. We want them to talk about their personal risk factors. You know, there's things that are out there, if folks are not used to doing heavy work or if they're new to outdoor work or returning to outdoor work or at least returning to work where there's going to be heat, if they're not physically fit. Unfortunately, some folks obviously are on prescriptive meds. You know, those meds tend to have uh, an impact on the body as well, whether you have high blood pressure, whether you're diabetic, so on and so forth. And then, of course, if you have an individual who is, you know, wearing different types of clothing, you know, one of the things you always want to talk to them about is to wear, hey, wear light-colored, not heavy clothing, and not dark clothing, because it obviously attracts the sun. A couple, and, and that's on the education side in the sense of, Um, you know, what you're talking to the employees about. You're also talking to them about the signs and symptoms. Signs and symptoms in the sense of what does exhaustion look like? Well, Joe and both Joe and Krause as well, you know, if you're experiencing headaches or you're getting dizzy or feeling weak or irritable or nauseated, things of that nature, those are usually good signs and symptoms that you're actually under heat exhaustion at this point. Um, That actually will lead into, if it continues, into being confused and also potentially fainting. Um, and that is actually a heat stroke. These are the things we don't want to see, obviously on the work site. And it takes obviously not only the planning, but also takes a clear intention from the employer and the employees to understand these signs and symptoms. Um, a word, Joe, that I, you know we have been trying to get out to industry is the word acclimatization. And it more or less means acclimated. And in the sense of being acclimated to whatever environment you're going to be working in. So we look at it in two phases in the sense of saying we're going to get acclimated to the environmental conditions, first and foremost. But we also have to have and understand what this acclimatization means when it comes to what we call metabolic rate. That's the workload, Joe. That's what I'm going to be doing today. So if I'm a carpenter and I'm carrying two by fours on my shoulder or the labor is carrying them for me, but I got to install them. and I got to take them up and I'm putting trusses together and I'm carrying equipment on me these are the types of workloads and work outputs because typically as human beings, when we're doing anything of physical nature, we're going to sweat. We're going to feel obviously the increase in our heart rate and things to that nature. Well, now you take the environmental factor of the heat and the humidity and obviously, you know, as you said, the word synergy earlier, this is synergistic as well. And the impact on this is obviously great. Um, of those, you know, hundreds of workers that we see dive Um, due to heat illness, most of them, actually about 70% of those cases, as I look back at them, were either within the first two days or the first week of the individual being in the work environment. So let's think about that. You know, if you have a returning worker who may have gone out for a week or so, or two weeks, that individual, when they come back, and they're going to try to do their normal job, and let's say Krause is our carpenter right now. If That's okay, Doc. If Krause is
1: the carpenter Well, right you now, did say irritability, so yeah, you got the right guy, yes. We'll make him a carpenter. Exactly. <laughs> so if he's coming back from the, to the job site,
3: we cannot expect Krause to be doing 100% of the work that he was doing, obviously, beforehand. You know, And that's what we're looking for employers to, to, to recognize and also implement is a system for progression. And that's what acclimatization is. And getting used to it. And normally there's something we call a twenty percent rule. So we would expect to actually Krausy on the first day maybe to do twenty percent of what you, you believe is hundred percent output is at that on that first date. These are the things that we need folks to look out for. The other thing is obviously not just with heat recognition, metabolic rate and, and training and education, but it's to understand as well what are some of the engineering controls that we can implement to protect the workforce. Now, it would be phenomenal, and, and, Joe. And, and, I would think you would agree. N- Nick, ahead, I didn't
2: mean I didn't mean to cut you off there, but I just wanted to make sure that I marry the two together. It's important mm-hmm. for the workforce. It's important for the employer. Both have to be conscious or sensitive um, or mandate the safety. Correct?
3: Oh, well, a thousand percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. As much as we, obviously, as the agency, talk about the employer's responsibilities, yes, the employee has to be cognizant of these things. The employee has to be uh, trained and educated on these topics because we're also going to talk about a buddy system. So, you know, if Krause our carpenter, Joe, and you're with him on the crew, we're going to ask you to look out for one another. We're going to ask you to actually do check-ins with everyone. Hey, how are you feeling? What's going on? Are you drinking enough? You know, are you drinking that eight ounces of water every 15 to 20 minutes? Right. You know, right. did I, you start drinking earlier in the process and drink throughout
1: the workday? Absolutely. And I was going to say hydration must be, uh, is, is that is that one of the biggest solutions along with wearing the right attire and and, and, and being conscious of what medication and, and, and the symptoms uh, is, is one of the big fixes, the high hydration uh, process?
3: For sure, Joe. And, and, you know, the thing that we harp on and we've said throughout all the heat campaigns, we really formalized the heat campaign in and around 2011 or so. And it was always the three words of water, rest, shade. Water, rest, shade. But considering this, when you're talking about water, you're drinking eight ounces of water every 15 to 20 minutes, not just during the work shift, but before you even get there. So you have to prime the pump in a sense, if that phrase makes sense. But you want to prime the pump before you get to the work site. When you get onto the work site, again, we're going to look at the workload that's going on with the individuals. Uh, and then within that workload as well, we're going to talk about taking breaks. Well, how often do we take breaks? Well, that's going to depend obviously on the individual, but also in the sense of how much work they're doing. Me sitting in an air conditioned office at 72 degrees Fahrenheit while everyone else is outside with 105 degrees in the sense of the heat index. I'm not taking as many breaks, obviously, as the individual out in the field is. You know, and Did this you, is what we're asking the employer to do is to determine that when they're
1: out there. Yeah, that's why the employer's got to be a big part of it.
2: All right. Hold on, guys. Let's, let's hold for a quick minute. Let's take a – got to squeeze in a quick break. Uh, we'll come back on the other side and wrap things up with Nick DeJesse uh, from Ocean. Sean, let's fire our final break here in hour number one. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Back in a moment. Tonight's
0: edition of The Labor Show is sponsored in part by Iron Workers Local 401, Boilermakers Local 13, Plumbers Local 690, Roovers Local 30, and IBEW Local 98. Choose a Local 98 contractor.
2: And back here live on The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause, our number one as we broadcast to you live here, J. Doc, as always. On Talk Radio 1210
1: WPHT. Yeah, so we're, 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 on a, we're on the call with uh, Nick DeJesse, who's the Assistant Regional Administrator, Cooperative and State Programs with, for OSHIP. Nick, what we'd like to do is we'd like to finish up on the heat because we only have mm-hmm. a few minutes. And then next week, bring you back uh, to hit the second because there's too much important information for us to skim over. Are you cool with that? Joseph, uh, whatever you folks want to do, I'm, I'm down for it. Good because there's just we don't want to skimp. Um, let's finish up on on heat because and we only got a couple minutes. Um, sure, sure, You know this uh, if you would.
3: Yeah, sure. So, a couple uh, key points I want folks to remember. First, go to osha.gov/heat/backslash heat, and you can find things in and around not only our National Emphasis Program but also the heat illness prevention plans that I had spoke about earlier. Uh, one of the biggest benefits that I think we've come up with in past years is the Ocean NIOSH Heat app. That's an application on your phone. Uh, that application actually can be downloaded on Android and or iPhone, but it does have e- e- information for training and education. It does have information on signs and symptoms for heat exhaustion and heat stroke, and also does talk about various first aid methods and, and things of that nature that you can plug in and put into your plan. Um, going back to the three key pieces again, Joseph, our Water, rest, and shade. Water, rest, and shade. So we want to keep drinking. We want to stay hydrated throughout the day. As you said, not to steal a good uh, partner of uh phrase, but he always calls them industrial athletes. And he always compares folks to athletes that play a variety of sports out there. And to think about the workers as just that, industrial athletes. Athletes that need to prime themselves. They need to get ready for the day. They need to take the proper uh, steps. In the sense of that hydration, understand what they're going to put out when it comes to the workload, but also take enough rest and get into the shade as much as possible, so you're not actually incurring the sun du- the duration of the work
1: and, and, as and, well. and Nick, and Nick, you know, one of the things with job stewards, um, this is such a – every job steward should have an app. I think all the all the workers should have them, but I'm just saying, um, that, you know, this is this is. Uh, This should be, you know, uh, still we're training 101, right? Yeah. If
3: anything, you know, from the work that we do uh, through our presentations, but also with the building trades with the safety committee, the building trades, we push, obviously, this app uh, as, you know, it's a pocket device. There's many things that are going on technology-wise. You know, most of the trades are using them for uh, communication on the job. They're also utilizing them for deliveries for materials and things of that nature. Having the app, you know, at your disposal uh, is an excellent way, actually, to stay in front of this issue.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, Nick, um, you know, obviously we appreciate the information, man, and we really appreciate you coming back next week. We're going to lead off the show at you next week. This is information. It's life-saving, game-changing information, and uh, we appreciate Nick to Jesse, again, the Assistant Regional Administrator, Cooperative, and State Programs for OSHA. Nick, uh, can't wait to
2: have you back next week, my friend.
3: Fantastic, Joe. Thanks. Have a great evening, Krause, Good hearing your voice
2: again, pal. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff, Nick. To Jesse, uh, finishing up here on hour number one of the labor show with Jay Doc and Krause, That's going to do it for hour number one of this live show as we broadcast to you on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT. Uh, we'll say goodbye to our listeners for hour number one, but we will remind them stay right there. Hour number two rolls on on Talk Radio twelve ten WPHT.
0: This program is paid for by Jacob Media Partners. All opinions or statements expressed on this program are solely those of Jacob Media or its guests and do not reflect the views of WPHT or Odyssey.